0: Whoever is listening, we are glad to have you in. My name is Grayson Mann. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 62. Today, I'm joined by J.E.M. Live. Jackson Malone, mostly known as a film anal- analyst on YouTube, has over 4,000 subscribers and over 600,000 views, has gained quite the following, and he definitely knows what he's talking about. This guy has got all the film analysis that you could ask for. He's up and coming. He's ready to take The broadcasting, just the general media by storm. Jackson, welcome to the show. How are you doing, man?
1: Oh, man, I'm doing great. And I'm so excited to be on the show. And like you said, I do film analysis. It's usually just me alone in my room. My roommates don't really watch the NFL. So I'm just in my room watching film, talking to myself in front of a camera. So anytime I get the opportunity to talk on and uh, talk sports with someone, I'm just super juiced for and became a very recent fan of yours over the past few weeks. I've been listening to your podcast. Massive fan. You obviously know what you're talking about. (laughs) And so I hope I have all the topics in front of me. I have no idea what you're going to say, but hopefully we agree on some things and have a great conversation conversation. Inevitably, you're probably going to say something down. I'll have to correct you with the right opinion, <laughs> but hopefully <laughs> it'll be a nice and respectable debate and I cannot wait for it.
0: Yeah. And something we, uh, we didn't do is we didn't share each other's opinions or notes. So we're going in here. We know what we're going to talk about, but it's more of like, we wanted to treat it as much of a conversation as we could. This isn't going to be like first take though. Or like I, one of us is going to be Steven a, and one of us is going to be Max Kellerman, just like shooting just the most, Oh, just awful stuff. But anyways, speaking of just awful, Let's talk about Jacksonville and just the state of what that is right now. I told you before we started, there is always something. And you guys know if you've been listening to the podcast, I was an urban defender for a while. I think what initially was lost for me, and I figured that he would be gone by the end of the season, was the whole mess after Cincinnati with the bars. And now it's just that's come out this week. Getting in front of your coaches and asking them to defend their resumes basically degrading them, just all this other stuff. What was your like takeaway just from the beginning and basically now? Because it's been such a whirlwind, especially when you have Trevor Lawrence coming, who's a big name. It's been a complete mess.
1: It has been a mess. And from the very beginning, when I saw they hired him, I just thought it was a terrible hire for a lot of reasons. One, because college and NFL are just so so different urban meyer was in a great spot to rise in the college ranks get the head coaching job at florida then obviously go into ohio state but you're dealing with people that owe you everything they owe you scholarships you can go out and if urban's a great recruiter he's going to go into every game with a franchise uh program like ohio state and have the best team going into almost every single game so can you win with the best team yeah can you recruit really well urban meyer has been a legendary football coach in the nfl right off the bat i could just side- see that he had no idea what the hell he was doing. Like right off the bat, what he did with Tebow, That made no sense. Drafting (laughs) Travis Etienne in the first round, drafting a running back in the first round and getting running back depth is a luxury. This is what good teams do that don't have a ton of holes. Jacksonville coming off one win. You need to fill these holes. You have James Robinson. You don't need running back depth. So once I saw that, I was like, all right, he is way in over his head on this. And then we can start talking about the things that A, he did do, and then B, allegedly. So what he did do, he did do Tebow. He did draft Etienne. He did go to the chop house and do his best like prom impression on that
0: girl which not only
1: <laughs> so this is where it kind of comes into where urban meyer was going into a losing situation i don't think anyone thought that they were going to take him to the playoffs this year they won one game last year so when you're a bad team what you have to do is build culture i'm a lions fan i look at someone like mcdc we go into almost every game with the worst roster going into the game and so what you have to do is build a culture and that's the opposite of what Urban Meyer is doing, that Lions are going out and fighting every day for Dan Campbell. But Urban Meyer, I mean, he's – if allegedly what he did, if he's calling out the coaches, calling them losers, saying he's a winner, doing this, not flying home with a team, which is just – Unbelievable, And then Marvin Jones, I wanted to point out what happened with Marvin Jones is Urban Meyer went so hard on him and he was a savvy veteran. It's not like he's coming from Bill Belichick and winning all these Super Bowls. He was coming from the Lions and Matt Patricia, who was also a very toxic coach and literally made him leave and then came out and he reamed him. They got into it. No one loves him. Allegedly, he got laughed out of some meetings. I'm saying allegedly, because we can't confirm this, but based off all the things we do know, it is just an absolute mess in Jackson. and makes me think all the alleged things are true just based off the things we know. But I just thought it was a complete mess. When you're dealing with people that have been in the league as long as you and have been, they have millionaires, they have wife, they have kids, they have families. This is their livelihood. You need to earn the respect, especially if you're not winning. And he just seems like, just like a complete total prick. And he's just like completely, he was great for college. And I just think this is gonna be his one and only year in Jacksonville because he was getting Trevor Lawrence, which was huge show nothing to be able to develop him or do anything, put him in good situations. Didn't know if Andrew Sisko was playing extra snaps. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just a complete mess.
0: <laughs> it, and I think what is super fascinating about it. And I, I, I hate the word fascinating is kind of like you look at it one way or the other, but watching their games, it almost seems like there's just nothing there. There's no juice. There's no energy. You pay to him on the sideline. There's not really a sense of enthusiasm. Like with Dan Campbell, he's engaged. I, I, I like to bring up your lion's because I really enjoyed watching them this so year. Usually, like, Detroit, you're enjoying watching them. Like, Dan Campbell, he's got his guys engaged. They're fighting for him. They're playing really hard. The score may not reflect that, but they're definitely building a culture and something to build off of. And with this, you have reports of, like, Trevor Lawrence. They're confused about how to develop him, and that's with a number one pick with a quarterback that was deemed the generational guy, the next Manning, the next just whatever you could really find that would equivalent to just greatness. You bring him to Jacksonville and it's just it just looks really bad. I personally think that he's done after the year. I don't think they're gonna try to do anything tasty and try to just get him out before the season's over. They're gonna just let it ride out, let the season be just sweep it under the rug and let's just try again. And it's unfortunate, especially because Jacksonville, a lot of us were excited for how this team was gonna develop and grow. And it's just every time they it seems like they took a step forward, they took 10 steps back. Yes. <laughs>
1: Yes. And honestly, letting Urban Meyer run out the season might be a good thing because I mean, if the Lions can catch a few more wins and the Jags don't catch any, they might get a guy like Aiden Hutchinson or Thibodeau out of Oregon. So that would be a huge win for them. Just kind of put that season behind them and just kind of move on. But it's just been an absolute mess. And I think that's where we really start to see the difference between college and NFL and how completely different. I mean, you see someone, you're a Clemson guy, see someone like Dabo go and make TikToks with his recruits, going in their houses with the (laughs) NFL. You're not doing that. You have to be smart with who you're taking you're just not going to have five star backups at every position like yeah. like some of these top programs do and so the nfl is a completely different game he was weighing over his head and if he realized that and he was just kind of like Going with the ebbs and flows of the season, like trying to find like the little wins, but just like how he's just completely disassembled the culture. I mean, and not keeping a guy around like Minshew. I mean, you could have had Trevor Lawrence not even start right off the bat. Baker Mayfield didn't start right off the bat. Yeah. Like the number one overall pick doesn't need to. Minshew's a great quarterback and a great leader. And even though he's only like in like his third year, he seems like the whole team, the whole city of Jacksonville already loves him. But you get rid of him, bring in a guy like Tebow, and then it's it's he has no idea what he's doing.
0: That Tebow thing was really I mean, we forgot just. The, did you
1: forget about that? I like totally forgot about it until like a week <laughs> ago. I was like, what? That seems like so random.
0: It was. And then especially to play tight end, I was like, wait a second. This guy's been out of the NFL for how long? It, it just, I think Urban's biggest issue was never going to be X's and O's. It was going to be, could he read the room? Could he gain the respect of his peers? And it seems like that's definitely not the case. And it, you just don't really know what to make of it. It's such just a. I don't even know what to like describe it. There's not really something that immediately comes to my mind where I'm like, man, I think that is the Jacksonville is by far the worst team in the NFL, not because of their talent or what their players or personnel, just because of how they're ran and how this season's gone. It's just that luckily they played the Texans and the jets. So maybe they can get a couple moral victories and get Trevor to develop even further. But man, if I'm Jacksonville if I'm a Jacksonville fan, it's not looking pretty.
1: Yeah. And I'm looking, uh, I'm looking at a guy like Jim Caldwell possibly yeah. next year, like a former Lions coach, like the fact that Urban Meyer got this job and that, but like now you can just keep make the mistake. No, luckily no one picked him up or Eric B like someone with the chiefs. That's like very good offensively or someone like, uh, like Jim Caldwell, who was in a terrible program, kind of turned it around, led the Lions to the playoffs in a really good record. So, I mean, there's options out there for them. There's going to be a litany of coaches on the move Mm -hmm. this offseason just with how things have gone this year. But I think they can make a really good hire and still turn things around because Trevor Lawrence – Do not call him a bust yet. I mean, he is way underperforming what everyone thought. But in the situation he's in, it's just absolutely terrible. I just don't think he has the motivation. No one on the team's really playing that hard. So we'll see. The jury's still out with Trevor Lawrence uh, if it was the right pick or not. But I think get a new coaching staff in there, kind of find someone you can ride for the next three or four years of this rebuild, and then go from there.
0: Yeah, you almost have to just kind of snap it out and like just out of memory, out of sight, out of mind. Something that really, another, let's move to positive. But something yep. that I find really fascinating is uh, May- Mayfield getting a, a much needed win against the Ravens. Now, a lot of critics of Mayfield, most notably, probably a Colin Cowherd would say, well, Lamar didn't even play half the game. He came out with a sprained ankle. Thank God he's okay. Cause you don't ever want to see your electric players, especially one of the faces of the NFL go down, but Mayfield, they were in it. They were competitive in a really crowded AFC. Do you see Cleveland potentially making a run? Do you see, this Lamar injury is potentially getting the Ravens out because there's a lot of teams that are really close. About eight and five, seven and six, six and seven. A couple a losing streak could really put you out of it.
1: No, exactly. In the in the terms of what's going on in the division, it is really close. And this was a huge win from the Browns going in six and six. The difference between six and seven, and then seven and six, is massive. So this was a huge win from them. But this was a game that kind of confirmed exactly why I don't believe in the Browns because this was a game that was poised for them to run away with. Okay. So what they did, they came out hot in the first half. They kind of had everything going right for them. Really? I think like the first play of the second quarter is when Lamar went out and the Ravens team is beat up so bad i mean they're on like their fifth and sixth string running backs they're picking up people they have no corners they're they're just a beat up team they've struggled with injuries all year i've hated to see it but a game like this this is where the browns are poised to win these games because your defense is helping you out you jump out to a 24 to 3 lead right and then your defense gets you a fumble six the ravens start driving again turn the ball over deep in browns territory so your defense comes up clutch again now you're up like 24 to six and all you have to do is you have to run the ball. And that's what this team is set up to do. They have a great offensive line. I think they have the best running back duo with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Oh, for sure. So this yeah. is these are the games. I mean, what we saw when uh, the Ravens went like 14-2 and two one season, they just destroyed the regular season because they'd get out to an early lead. And teams just couldn't get back in because they couldn't stop the run. Their defense made some key stops. But once they went into halftime with 24 points, they couldn't run the ball. They kept going three and out. They kept giving them chances. Their defense wasn't opportunistic anymore. And they let the Ravens fight back all the way into this game. Uh, and to the point where it was 22 to 24. They get the onside and now they got an onside kick and you just have to get into Justin Tucker field goal <laughs> range, which is a Lions fan. It's apparently 85 yards, which is still one of the hardest losses I've ever seen a line. That take. was unreal.
0: unreal. Yeah. But
1: so they have a minute 50 or uh Wait, yeah, I think they had a little over a minute, but they had like a minute 15, two timeouts to get 20 yards into field goal range. The Browns are actually lucky that they won this game. So in the grand scheme of things, it was a huge win for the Browns, but this is exactly why I don't trust them because they were set up to just kind of get an early lead ride their defense ride Baker Mayfield playing well early in the first half and this kind of coast to a victory they weren't able to do that and then in the scheme of what you asked with the Ravens and how it is so tight just in the how things are working out in the AFC I just don't see an AFC North team representing the AFC this year because I just really so I thought maybe the best shot was the Browns they really haven't proven that this year the Ravens I just think are too beat up right now even though I think they have the best chance Steelers what's going on Bengals? what's going on so it is very close but i i just don't see an afc north team coming yeah out. there's
0: a lot of it's very just one game could potentially flip first place to fourth place you have teams like cincinnati that'll beat the snot out of the ravens one week and then get blown out by the browns it's just i feel like all the teams embody the same characteristics of they can all get a potentially get a power run game they all play really solid physical defense but they are also really inconsistent i mean with pittsburgh get down like that against Minnesota have the chance to come back and then have the tie with the Detroit and I know Ben Roethlisberger was out that game but I feel like that team overall is talented enough to be able to run away with that but there's just so there's so many variables especially in the AFC where you have a team that you could like New England for example they're nine and four right now but they could drop two and potentially be on the brink of not making the playoffs it's that close which is yeah. why these games down the stretch are so crucial so if you're Cleveland it's Just like, yeah, to get what you can, it's ugly, but we'll take it. We just need to ride this momentum and keep going and improving. And I like what you said, run the football. I know there's a hat that says run the damn ball. That's what they need to do with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That's what they're paying them to do. Mayfield's not expensive, not right now. Use what you've built over these last couple of years and just run that identity. Do what Tampa Bay did at the end of that Super Bowl run. Run the football with Fournette and Ronald Jones and let Mayfield work off of play action, which was what he's so good at.
1: Yeah, and I mean, what did we see a few weeks ago? Taylor Heineke led the Washington football team on like a 10-minute drive at the end of the game. It's like if you can control the ball, the Ravens in that second half maybe get like three more possessions at it. So you really realistically need to stop them one time in that game. If you can get first downs and get the keep drives going on, they just didn't do that. They weren't able to run it. Baker Mayfield wasn't able to complete the passes and they were just kicking it right back to them, giving them more chances to get in. The Ravens were capitalizing, which I mean, I mean, I feel like I'm really being like somber right now and like (laughs) negative, but on the flip side of this, the Ravens have impressed me so much with what they've been able to do. I kind of wrote them off with even like in the preseason or a few weeks in when they just had like 19 people on the injury reserve list. Like they were so beat up. They were just like a shell of like all like the players that they had. But it was just the next man up mentality, being risky, trusting Lamar Jackson on fourth down in your own territory. I just love the culture that they have. And they've been able to come out with eight wins. That is achievement enough if they don't do anything with the rest of the season. I think this is a huge win
0: especially for harbaugh i mean we always knew like him and tomlin are always no matter what they have they'll always have something ready to go they'll always find a way to get their players motivated that it's just a testament like you said to what they've been able to build and regardless of what happens with lamar jackson regardless i think they're still going to make the playoffs because they've done enough and i think that they're as a whole as a whole they'll be able to overcome some of these obstacles like they've done all year but we'll see it's just right now you're kind of on edge it's very much uh each game is almost a playoff game in a sense.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, this whole NFL season has been so wild. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you'll see t- like, like you said, like you have no idea who's going to win. Like, and this week I think was like a little bit more uh, made more sense. Like, especially like in that early o'clock window, like the, I guess one PM for you guys. Um, I mean, just the teams that were better won the games and won pretty handedly. And so it, it started to make more sense then. But all the other weeks this season, it was just like, why are these close? If you're a betting person, if you're into sports gambling, I'm so sorry. Your pockets are probably <laughs> broke. Like you were probably so broke.
0: <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I think another thing that like, like you said, things kind of made sense in the NFL this week. Something that really didn't make sense to me was this Bills Bucks game. Mm -hmm. I, what I, what I took from it was in the first half, I saw a Buffalo team that was demoralized that it pretty much was like, man, I don't know what that new England game did on Monday night football. Just they ground and pound. That's all really new England did. It was basically like they had a hand tied behind their back and they were just running the ball the entire time. And I I was like, man, this team is just out of it. And then the second half, just they, it looked like the team we wanted them to be there throwing the ball. They're really balanced. Josh Allen was making Josh Allen like plays and Tom Brady almost fought somebody. This game had everything. It was great. What did you see from this game, especially from two teams we thought were probably going to be in the Super Bowl? I I think this was my pick to start the year, if I would. Maybe. I know it was a lot of people's, though.
1: Right, yeah, no. So going into the season, my Super Bowl pick was I had a Bills-Packers Super Bowl. Because going into the season, I saw the Bills. I saw their defense. I was like, all right, their defense is really coming together. Josh Allen, love his story from going into being – being pretty trash his rookie year, just like, just like, so like, so raw, so talented, but so raw, but then being able to put in the work and just kind of like string together some really good seasons. And last year, almost an MVP like season. And so this year I was like, all right, this is the bills year. They have it going on. Okay. Don't want to be all Mr. Negative again, but I know (laughs) so going look like looking a little bit into the future. uh, I know we're going to talk about some pretenders and uh, contenders and pretenders in both conferences sadly my super bowl pick going into the season have now become the afc pretenders
0: oh hey well save that because we're i think we agree on our afc pretender i think we agree so we can definitely if you want to go into that now so so
1: i'll I'll talk about the game i'll talk about the game really quick okay um but then just kind of like the larger scope of things when we go into our pretender series going okay. So what we saw, I don't know, like you said, with going in with like the New England game, if they got so like demoralized from the ground and pound, they're like, we hate the run. We're not going to do it. The first time in 30 years, a team didn't hand the ball off to a running back in the entire first half. Wow. Like that is a joke. In like 30 years, every single run was either a Josh Allen designed run or just like a scramble drill. They didn't hand the ball off to a running back one time. And what we saw in the New England game is they kept running the ball because they kept having success with it. Well, they keep not running the ball and going with the game plan like, oh, they have like a really, really good uh, defensive line and like a really good run stopping game. And our run game isn't that good. It's so much more than that, though, because one, it wasn't working. They found themselves in a huge hole early. Mm -hmm. But what the run game does, even if it's not creating that many yards, I mean, it keeps the defense honest. It keeps the linebackers kind of it. It opens up your play action game. And that is so big. And once we saw them go to that in the second half, then we started to see like a lot more success. But just some. I'll save more when we talk about the Bills yeah. when we get there. But this this was a game that really, really confirmed to me that I mean, if we're looking at the AFC picture, and I'm saying pretenders, like yes, I think they they might not make the playoffs. I think I think they definitely will. Could they even make a win a few games in the playoffs? Sure. But when I'm thinking about pretenders, I'm thinking about can you win three or four meaningful games in a row? And that's what we'll get into.
0: Yeah, I think for uh, in, on the side with Tampa with Brady is that I think every time you watch tom brady play at this point you're just kind of in awe you really can't explain it because you you think of a 44 year old man you think of like a dad who's like at a at a nine to five job not really going out there against other grown men who are like twice even like four times as fat, just faster than him and he actually had a couple of nice runs this game it was kind of uh yeah, he
1: did you're like did. wait a
0: second this isn't tom brady and it and there was a throw in the corner of the end zone of mike evans and i was like it looked like it looked like a it was Yeah. And you're, you're just collapsing. For our radio audience, Jackson just almost fell out of his chair. It was, it was, Oh my gosh. It was so good. So I, we're going to get into contender pretender and a real real quick, but Tampa, can they replicate that success? Can they go on that same run? It feels like eventually someone's going to figure this team out, but Brady always seems to have that extra step, that extra preparation, that extra thing in his head. He's seen so much. So it's, you're going to run zone? Okay, I'll attack short. If You're going to run, you're going to go, de- okay, I'll do this. Or, oh, if you're going to do this, I'll do that. He's got, he's seen everything. So it's really impossible to fool him at this point.
1: You really can't like figure out Brady because he doesn't really have like a game plan going in. Just like I talk about when I like do certain film analysis, like when you have like a clock in your head, I just don't really think having a clock in your head is that like, good of an idea because you really, it's like a really like feel for the game. It's so like, if you drop back and you need to get rid of it in a second, you have to be ready to do so. But if you drop back and you have seven, eight seconds to throw it, you need to be able to sit in there comfortably yeah. and still scan the field and like, keep your eyes downfield and make the proper read. And that's what Brady does. Like he's not going into the game. Like, oh yes, I have Mike Evans and I have uh, Chris Godwin and Gronk and Antonio Brown, hopefully eventually soon. And Leonard Fort. like we, he, we have all these weapons. But if they go in with a game plan to shut that down, he has no problem throwing the ball. He could throw it 14 times to Cameron Brate if he had to. Like he, <laughs> I mean and, he, and if you're going to take everything over the top, he will not throw the ball one time over 10 yards. He's going to take whatever he gives you. Mm-hmm. And obviously we've seen passes if you're going to give it to him. And like he's if he sees like a matchup, it's not like if he's not doesn't, doesn't trust his receivers. If he sees Mike Evans on a smaller guy or Gronk on a smaller guy, he's going to go let his guys make a play. So you really can't figure Brady out as a player because I don't think he really has a plan. I I mean, he's going to go up to the line. There's going to be a run call. There's going to be a pass call. And no matter how you're going to play the coverage, he's going to find someone if he wants to throw it and it's just not there, he's going to check into the run. I mean, that's like the thing, like the Patriot way, doing whatever it takes to win a game. He's brought that to Tampa with a lot more talent. And so trying to stop them is going to be not going to say near impossible because we've already seen it a couple times this season, but they are definitely, definitely a wagon this year. Like something
0: that I, always wondered is what like so you have the the oc or the guy that or the head coach whoever's calling the plays they get a play in and then brady steps up to the line he sees it and he goes yeah no i'm gonna change this like i wonder how many times he just and obviously no one's gonna say why'd you change the play because he's like i've been doing this for 20 plus years i know what i'm doing i wonder how many times he just changes his mind or he uh actually sticks to what was called because of what he sees because maybe in his coordinator is younger than him so it's like I yeah. think I've seen more football than you, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And it, it, it is a lot different because there's like a difference between uh, going up. To, so they'll do a few different things um, just to kind of clarify. So like they'll go up to the line and have a play. He might just completely audible out into something else. Yeah. Or they break the huddle with two plays in mind. And that's where you hear, we're good, we're good. Or kill, 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 kill. So if you sit here, kill, obviously go to the second yeah. play. And so that's what it is. Sometimes they just go line up there in a formation. And then Brady's calling the play from what he sees the defense lineup in. So you just might break the Uh, break the play with a formation and a snap count and then go up and he just picks the play. I mean, when you get to a level like that, when you're Tom Brady, you can do things like that. So literally any play he has the right away to completely change. But I mean, the offensive coordinator is very skilled, so he doesn't have to do it all the time, but I'm guessing he's making a lot of adjustments because he's controlling like the offensive line, all the shifts, all the adjustments. So, I mean, he has a lot. I mean, when you break the huddle with 15 seconds and you have to read the defense who's, changing during that and doing it it just blows my mind that he's able to do it but i mean it's tom brady we have to expect it at this point
0: (laughs) you could honestly talk about it for so long but hey now we get to finally you're gonna hear me and jackson talk some contenders and pretenders like we're not necessarily saying when we say one team's a pretender we're not saying other teams aren't or contenders other teams aren't these are just things that he and i handpicked we don't know Who's pick? I think we have an idea for a potential AFC pretender, but w- if we agree on something or disagree on something, this is the uh, potential the debate section. If you want to get into that, so Jackson, why don't you start us off? Who is your pretender for the AFC? Because I think we had actually kind of talked about it for a bit or yeah. So I kind of, I kind
1: of, I kind of spoiled it right now. But right now, it is going to be the Bills,
0: and I agree with this one. This is mine too. So we'll definitely. Oh. This is yeah.
1: I was, I was not expecting that because I thought it was pretty like. I mean, like the Bills, like you have to look when you see someone with like the number one defense uh, and um, a guy like Josh Allen, at quarterback with the weapons he does on offense, like Dawson Knox, Diggs, like Beasley, like it's they're 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 loaded. But there's a major, major issue that we're going to see a lot come playoff time. And that's what we saw in the Patriots game. We saw in the Indy game and we saw it against the Bucks. I mean, they gave up over 250 yards to Indianapolis, five touchdowns to Jonathan Taylor, over Ooh. 250 yards to the Patriots. If you can't run the ball or stop the run in playoff times, I mean, I mean, That's just what it is. I mean, it's such like a trendy league to just like throw all these passes now and have Josh Allen throw it 50 times. But if we look at trends in like the uh, NFL, you see teams like Mahomes when they ran the ball well, they won the Super Bowl When they couldn't run the ball at all. They lost the Super Bowl When they couldn't stop the ball, stop the run. They lost it. It is so, so important, especially with teams in the AFC right now. And this is what I'm saying. Do I think the Bills can make the playoffs and win one or two playoff games? Absolutely. But if you're going to be going against teams like the Colts, the Patriots, uh, the Titans, uh, yeah, they'll get, uh, they'll get Derek Henry back. The Ravens, oh. all four teams with amazing, amazing run games. And if you're going to be able, if you're in cold weather, if you're going to be able to control the clock, if Josh Allen's going to be limited throwing it with the weather, I mean, you have no idea what it's going to be like in Buffalo, if they get a home game, um, but th- those are four teams right off the bat that they're going to have to play. And I haven't even mentioned, you know, that team out in Kansas city over there who's, <laughs> but th- I mean, it can, can they beat four teams in a row when they can't stop the run. And as we saw in the bucks game, not even willing to run the ball. I mean, yeah. that, that just like blew my mind, like at how they, they went about that because, and so I really, really do love the bills. I'm super sad to see that they were my uh, Super Bowl pick or not pick to at least make it. But going into this, I still think the Bills are a very good team. They can win some playoff games, but they're pretenders in the fact. I just have no confidence that they can go, and they're not going to yeah. get a first-round bye in my guess, or most likely. So they have to win four games in a row. I just don't see that happening. And when we look to see who they have beat, they beat the Dolphins twice, the Washington football team, the Texans, their best win against the Chiefs early on in the season, and then the Jets and the Saints. They really haven't beaten any good teams, like, I mean, the, I mean, we see other teams like the the Titans and the Chiefs. They've gone out and beat some really good teams. I mean, we just, like, we haven't seen that from the Bills, be able to put it together like we thought we would this year.
0: Yeah, and I think for Buffalo, too, especially if they don't have a home playoff game, I think we saw that Monday night, it was, like, if they can just kind of get back here in the playoffs in a weird Buffalo. Buffalo is kind of like a Bermuda triangle of just this – all this environment. You just don't know what the heck's going to happen. I mean – You had kicks sailing this way. You would kick sailing that way. I mean, the Patriots literally said, we're going to throw the ball as little as possible. That's such an advantage to have. So Buffalo's going to have to travel to potentially New England where it's never easy to play there. They might have to travel to a Baltimore. They might have to travel to just a, a hostile environment, hostile crowd. Having to do that four times. I mean, we saw Tampa Bay do that. Unreal. Like we we really and you know, we I hate to just be I know people are gonna be like you're really riding Tom Brady here a lot but it's so unprecedented for a team Green Bay did it in uh, 2010 with Aaron Rodgers in their first Super yep. Bowl just going and they needed that physical aspect to be able to get through that Buffalo doesn't have that they can be finesse they can throw the ball but really when it comes down to it this team does not have a run stopper or a just a playmaker with a running back because Singletary and Moss they're fine but they're not gonna get it done.
1: Yeah, I think that really has, because they don't have like that generational talent running back. I think Singletary and Moss are like, they're good. They're like yeah. average to above average running backs in the NFL. And so you kind of are going to ride with how good your offensive line is. And so they seem to be a lot better at pass blocking than they are run blocking. And so they have to figure that out. But I just don't see them being guys that can break open wide open runs on their own, making multiple people miss like we see some other people do.
0: Yeah. I want to hear your, your contender in the AFC. Let's see if we strike lightning twice and agree it's the same thing. Cause I think there's two teams that I'm thinking of and I think we're going to probably, I'm going to go one way and you're going to go the other way, but I think either answer is correct. So I just, I'm very curious.
1: Okay. Right now you kind of have to look at where like the hot hand is and look at a team that we thought was going to be all that going into the season really didn't end up turning out that way. Started out under four, under 500, had a 500 record through eight weeks, but that team is a Kansas city chiefs six win streak they have been going off they're putting it together all at the right time I think so many things were going kind of wrong at the beginning of the season they just kind of went in because they went into the season knowing that they're what their schedule was and then they were going out and say yeah we could see ourselves going 20 and 0 and that mindset right there yeah is what I really think was the beginning of the downfall of them because I think they just went and expected to steamroll not only are they not going to steamroll because other NFL teams are really uh, censor my really really good. Um, uh, you you can fill in the blank there. Really good, but every time a team plays the Chiefs, they're gonna give them their best effort. I mean, they yeah. have a target on their backs. They've made it to the Super Bowl two of the last three years. They have Mahomes who has a half a billion dollar contract. They're gonna go after them. So I think the Chiefs kind of got caught off guard. And then what they did, we saw the Bucks in the Super Bowl play two high safeties. Say Mahomes throw it underneath, run the ball. If not, you're gonna make a mistake, and we're gonna win and they were winning a lot they were they were losing some very good teams but teams you have to be in the playoffs and so Mahomes was I mean to his standard playing bad just just flat out bad just making uncharacteristic throws just trying to do too much and there's some off the field stuff too with like his brother his wife that we won't even go into that but I think the turning point was when they won that first game it was a ugly ugly win against a terrible giants team but yeah. that kind of got them on the right pace and they started winning putting together games and then when they were able to absolutely stomp down the raiders this past <laughs> sunday i mean okay so this is what i talked about so they kind of went into the season kind of cocky and confident i mean jackson mahomes was obviously cocky and confident the chiefs nation was cocky and confident well, they got some humble pie, and then they had the Raiders give them all the motivation they needed. I they don't said,
0: understand that. I don't understand going on to the other team's logo and just – it's its like asking – it's like poking the bear and then being surprised when the bear mauls you. It's like, what do you expect there? I, that's, that seems very uncharacteristic of a – well, for the Raiders, is it really uncharacteristic? I'm not sure.
1: I don't know too much about – is it Pisacha, their uh, interim head coach right now?
0: I still get the – Rich like, Pisacha. In my mind, Gruden still got the hold over the organization. Oh, like, I mean, that, well, that
1: should have gone at the beginning of the segment with uh, with Urban. This should have just <laughs> been lumped into one with all the, the shit shows the, in the league.
0: The NFL, just just terrible people. But, anyways, the uh, I think what with Kansas City, and I think what I'm going to get into with my contender, Boring is going to win in this league in the end. Being the non like, you could potentially have you might see somebody driving around with a Lamborghini, but. Hey, my little sedan, my little uh, mom car is going to be able to work it out in the end. It's going to get me to where I need to be the same way. I just might do it a little bit. It's not the sexy hire, the sexy move. Like I, I'm going to get into my contender, of New England. I this is the AFC Championship in my mind. I don't know where it's going to be played, but I think it's going to be the Chiefs and the in the Patriots because they've realized, hey, if we can get a formula of running the ball, we're not going to. And I think Mahomes crucial to his development in his career is. He's got to learn to be boring. He's got to learn to yeah. be able to make the layups, make the throws. It's like Matt Jones and Mahomes, I, I'm not comparing them, but they're, the way their careers are going to – because I think Matt Jones and Mahomes are probably going to face off more than once in their career. But Mahomes has got to be a little – has to learn to be a little more boring, and Matt Jones has got to make more dazzling plays in my mind because Matt Jones has kind of mastered that check down. I'm going to give take what the defense gives me. Mahomes has really done that this year, excelled at that. He started to say, hey – I don't have to throw to Tyree Hill for 75 yards every time. I can just hit my running back for a check down. He hit his running back for a check down. It was a 25 yard score. And I was like, there it is. I said, there it is for the Chiefs. That is when they're dangerous. And yeah, no, uh,
1: exactly. Yeah. So exactly. Because I think they were getting all their juice and confidence from like these three play touchdown drives that they were having. Because even like early on in the season, they were still forcing it down. But let's say they did sustain a long drive and just go down the field and score. They, they didn't even seem that excited because, like, oh, well, that was kind of boring. And so yeah. I think they just kind of lost their juice. They like, they love the huge momentum swings, just kind of run away with a game or get in a huge hole early and just getting back in like a couple quarters, which has just been super exciting to watch. But I think what the Raiders did is they intrinsically motivate them. They said, We're gonna get our motivation and all our juice from beating the absolute breaks off this team. So no matter how like boring it is, like they're every time they touch the end zone it looks like they just had like a huge massive play and I think you're exactly right Mahomes has to live in the boring because they have all the weapons if you and put the, put the two together. You have a guy like Mahomes that can be a Ferrari. If you can have that Ferrari, just kind of, you know, cruising around town, 25, 35 miles an hour, getting you off. But let's say, I mean, you get in a cop chase, boom, 200 miles down the freeway. Like if you can do both and pick the timing of when you need to do it, it's all about circumstances. And that's why I think Mahomes still really early on in his career, which is insane. Yeah. um, He's still really young. He is still incredibly young. He's still putting it together. And I think we've seen improvements. I think I even saw more of this last year. And then this year, I don't know what it was. They just kind of completely went away from it. But seeing them being a little bit more boring these last couple games and being boring and watching the results of these huge, massive wins has to click sometime in the Chiefs locker room. It's like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to dink, dunk, dink, dunk, dink, dunk. And then Tyreek Kill's going to – do his thing because you can still have those plays. It's not like you can't throw them.
0: Yeah. It's not like you're being, it's not like we're saying, Hey, Mahomes, you're not allowed to throw 75-yard bombs anymore. But what that, the, what those dink and dungs do is it kind of pulls the defense to towards the line of scrimmage. It makes it easier for someone like Terry kill, who was you say in bolt speed to just go, Hey, it's third and two. We've been hitting this, these five yard passes. It's time to like really just show what you're made of. And they're like, oh, okay, they're going to run a drag or they're going to run this out. They're going to run this. Oh, Tyreek Hill's gone. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's very, very fun to watch, actually. It's very fascinating. These two, how these two teams, Andy Reid, Bell Belichick, that's my pick for the AFC championship right okay. now. It might Ooh, be the. Uh, be insane. Yes.
1: Oh, wait. Oh, oh. I thought. Okay. My bad. I thought you just said, uh, I have Brady in my head right now. I thought you hey, were going to say, I would, would buck, not
0: mind. I would not mind a, a Brady bucks, Belichick. Patriots
1: most viewed thing in the history oh, yeah. ever that i mean it naturally and i feel like you're okay you being a patriots fan you're rubbing off of me because i'm gonna about to bring up brady again
0: <laughs> so gosh i didn't want to
1: talk about this fool so much <laughs>
0: speaking, of, speaking of brady is that your <laughs> nfc contender
1: uh no they're not oh um, okay so i think i think i got one of them right uh i told you i had a bills packers super bowl going in not a believer in the bills anymore I think the Packers. This is their year to get out of the NFC, which I think
0: is a. And I agree. I completely [SS1] agree. Oh, let's go. (laughs) Okay. I can't. I personally sometimes Aaron Rodgers does some things that I can't stand. But good lord, he's really good at football. Can't dispute that. Can't. Oh. Unreal. yeah.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, whether I mean I mean there's some off the field stuff with Aaron Rodgers going on recently. So whether you pinned yourself as an Aaron Rodgers. Fan or hater, whether you like or this, I'm I'm a huge fan personally. I think he's really, really smart guy, just kind of like in his own lane, doing his thing. On the football field, there's no dispute how freaking good this guy is. And then what it comes down to, kind of like come around playoff time, we see injuries play such a pivotal role going on. The Packers are getting healthy. At the perfect yes. time. So Aaron Jones goes down right now. We see the emergence of A.J. Dillon, who is an absolute wrecking ball. They're going to get Jair Alexander back soon. They're going to get Zedarius <laughs> Smith back soon. Um, who else? They're going to get Aaron Jones back soon and David is like going to come back before playoff time so as teams are kind of like withering away and trying to hang on they are have players that have been resting rehabbing and i think some of these guys are ready to go but it's like all right we kind of got this lockdown um let's stay healthy they're going to get yeah. healthy at the exact same time and so with their run game with that two back backfield their defense who has been playing unbelievable this year which i was not expecting coming in the year that's been the real surprise to me they're gonna get healthier you have a guy like rogers you have Devonte adams Best receiver in the league. I I don't think it's close right now. That dude is unbelievable. I'm going to pick the Packers to go in, especially if they're going to keep their record up. Teams going into Lambeau, especially when you have like those desert or SoCal teams, like if they're going to have to play like the Chargers or the Rams or the Cardinals, if they have to go to Lambo, that's going to be pretty tough for them. I, gonna don't be want, I, know, Rodgers.
0: I don't want to go to Lambeau. And something that I think Green Bay hasn't had in a while, because you have Aaron Jones, who can definitely run the football well, but they're able to almost, having A.J. Dillon have those reps, you're almost able to interchangeably switch your style of football depending on who the matchup is. So you can say, hey, we're going to run it 40 times with Dillon and Jones or Rodgers. We need you to throw it 50 times. I think that's something that they haven't really been able to do because Aaron Jones obviously is a fantastic back, but if A.J. Dillon can get four or five yards a pop when it's below freezing, yeah. below zero in a Lambo, that I mean, those hits hurt those hits pile up, it's going to be tough for a team that's used to the warm weather, the luxury of Tampa, the luxury of Arizona, to go up to Lambeau in the freezing cold and be able to get it done. So I really like Green Bay, especially if this is like Rodgers just pulling up the birds to the Lambo front office saying, hey, you need me. This is yeah. his trip. This is his revenge tour.
1: I mean, oh, yeah, back to the running backs. Great receiving backs, too. Really underrated. Aaron Jones, we know his ability. But seeing A.J. Dillon in the passing game, has gotten a lot better since he started getting starting reps.
0: Yeah. Ooh, okay. Let's let's do pretenders because for the NFC, there's a very there's a lot of really good teams. There's a lot there's teams at the bottom and then there's teams in the middle that we really can't figure out. For me, last night, finally proved my point. Arizona is a pretender in the NFC. I. oh yeah, you're shocked.
1: Whoa whoa okay. All I right. had. Here-
0: I had some doubts, especially – all right, so we mentioned Green Bay with all those injuries. Yes. And we talked earlier about the Browns-Ravens. That was a game where the Browns should have gone away with it. When the Packers came into Arizona on that Thursday night football game with virtually a practice squad team plus Aaron Rodgers, I said this was the time for Arizona to fly away with it. You got your entire guys healthy. You got all the momentum. And Green Bay outplayed them physically. Matt LaFleur out coached Kingsbury. And Kyler Murray looked a little rattled, and then you saw the same thing last night. The first play of the game, Aaron Donald took one of their linemen and just threw it, at, threw him into Kyler Murray like he was a tennis yeah. ball, and yeah. I was like, "Oh boy." Yeah. I just, I don't, I'm not sure. I have never been sure about this Cardinals team. Maybe because I've just never been sure about Kings, Kingsbury in general. Mm-hmm. But my pretender for me, Arizona. You may disagree, which is like I'm really curious to see because I think I might be in the minority on this one.
1: Yeah, so that's that's inevitably. You you said your first dumb thing. You've been really, really good. (laughs) You've been really, really good up until this point. Uh, but I I I love this Cardinals team. Really? Okay. I mean, they they have almost everything. And Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, I have a video on my channel. I was like, this year, he is on the hot seat. He's, I mean, what has he proven? Like, what has he proven? He's had some pretty terrible years in Arizona with like the roster he had, or underwhelming, not terrible, underwhelming. Didn't really win that much in college. This year, I'm seeing the creativity, especially once you got a guy like Rondell Moore. He His play calling has gotten so, so much better. And you're going to drop some games. I think last night showed us a lot more positive towards the Rams than it did negative against the Cardinals. I think okay. the Rams... I can this respect was a, that. I think this is their first game where it's like, okay, OBJ, everyone's got... I'm really trying to censor myself. I'm sorry. I just get talking football. But... uh <laughs> OBJ, everyone's clowning him, like, oh, he's the problem, blah blah blah. This guy got here two days ago. Like, how much of the playbook do you expect him to know? Yeah. How much chemistry? And if you look at like these like elite receivers and wide receivers, they're running different routes. I mean, me being a quarterback myself, it is so frustrating. Let's say I like I'm throwing it to a tight end, he's running a corner route or like a seven. I throw it and the safety's over the top of them. I'm expecting him to cut it like more like an out route, and I throw it and it just looks like a terrible throw. I mean, that's gonna happen when you don't have the chemistry, like you know, like Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Devontae will just run a completely different route. They'll just have that chemistry, like, on the field, like their brains are connected as one. So I think the Rams, this is their first week, really starting to put together their defensive line without Jalen Ramsey, which I did not know. I sent you a text last night. I was like, "Where, where's Ramsey at? Apparently it's COVID. I don't know if it's close yeah. to contact or you actually have it because if he has it, that might, like, Determine the next few games because he might not be 100%. But I think the Rams really, really put it all together. But what I've seen from the Cardinals this year is they're winning games handily, which they should win. They're winning close games when they need to. Kyler Murray is an absolute beast. What we saw from DeAndre Hopkins, don't expect that moving forward. Okay. Yeah. Don't expect that moving forward. The Rams got extremely lucky that he was kind of like a non-factor and he dropped the fourth down, which would have made the game like somewhat. That never happens too. Never happens. I think he went a whole year with the Texans with zero drops. I think this was his first drop of the year. Like he's about as sure-handed as it gets. So this Cardinals team, I have them not at the very top. Like I said, I have the Packers above them because especially if they're going to Lambeau. And I just kind of trust Aaron Rodgers more with his experience than I do Kyler Murray. But I think I I, I absolutely see the Cardinals being top two or three teams in the NFC. So I'm not going to say they're pretenders because I do think they can make the Super Bowl. And if they make the yeah. Super Bowl. Where's it at this year? SoFi. It's
0: in uh, L.A. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So if they're in the Super Bowl playing SoFi, they're probably the best fair weather team out there right now. Yeah. So, I, I mean, if they have to travel somewhere tough, so yeah. I'm I, I'm sorry, I don't agree with this. I think the Cardinals are very, very. Yeah.
0: Good. And I, 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 pretenders sometimes when we like talk about teams, it's kind of like a harsher word in the sense because mm-hmm. into in my current how I view the NFC, I see Green Bay and Tampa as the top dogs, and then I have Arizona kind of as that. In terms of Super Bowl, I just am not sure if Arizona could travel to a Green Bay, travel, go against a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. And really, I think they're vastly improved. They, they're going to be here for a long time. Cliff Kingsbury's clearly proven a lot this year. I just think that for Super Bowl, I think they're a year away from really uh, year to year being like, hey, this is a team to watch for. This is a team that could go 14 and two, I guess 15 and two now. I, yeah. The 18 games still has to like kind of register in my head. But the great, yeah. For me, right now, it's Green Bay and Tampa Bay, and then the yeah. rest of the field, maybe LA. So,
1: I- so, you know, I think they can. I think they can go and win those games. Like, I, so they're not going to be my pick, but if the spread was anything over two and a half, like, I'm not taking it because that okay. Cardinals team, I think, can't go in there and beat those meaningful games right in a row. And hopefully they get some teams knocking each other out. But I think the Cardinals can win the Super Bowl this year. And that's why I didn't have them as a pretender this year.
0: I do like this though. I like that we didn't, we did. I was like, I was like, I hope we don't agree on all of these. Cause that'd be kind of like a, we had a little <laughs> bit of a, a sparring match there. That was uh, interesting. But do you have anything else in the United football game before we wrap up the show? This has been, just oh,
1: I have to blast. give my NFC pretender.
0: Yes. Oh, right. 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 I completely okay, forgot. So
1: Yeah. So when looking at it, I'm going to look on the team on paper. Okay. I'll just give it right now. It's the Cowboys. The Cowboys oh, are. Oh, here we go. The Cowboys are pretenders this year because on paper, I mean, on paper, think about this. You have Zeke, Tony Pollard. You have Dak. You have a really good offensive line. Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, a defense, Micah Parsons. Oh my good Lord. Like Randy <laughs> Gregory, like D-Law, Diggs, like Woozie. Like on paper, this team is absolutely loaded. Mm-hmm. This year, I didn't think I was going to say this going into this year. I don't trust Dak in big games right now. I just don't trust oh. Dak in big games because I've seen him just like, cause I went back. Um, I was, I did a Michael Parsons video pretty recently. So I was yeah. watching.
0: It's solid guys. Un- you got to check it out.
1: Yeah. yeah there we go. Gem <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, But I was watching an ungodly amount of Cowboys games. And so watching yeah. this Dak has some, really terrible interceptions just like I mean if you watch them against that Saints game that was terrible like I mean they should have just absolutely beat the brakes off that Saints team and when Taysom Mm -hmm. Hill was just lobbing them chances to like just run away with the game and they couldn't uh last week against the Washington football team have a huge lead going into the fourth quarter do their very very best to blow it again that gives a terrible pick six because he turns I didn't
0: understand that like he his rolled. tight end was yeah. wide
1: open held it for another three seconds just to throw it right into the guy's chest like that was so bad it also on top of not trusting Dak I don't trust Mike McCarthy either I mean I think he's like a really there, that's
0: fair <laughs> that's definitely I fair a,
1: I think he's a smart a smart football guy but I am gonna put a lot of the responsibility on Mike McCarthy with Aaron Rodgers and some of his like failures in the NFC championship games because Mike McCarthy was there for a long time the Packers had some unbelievable teams Mm -hmm. and they just couldn't get it done they got their one ring and that's what Mike McCarthy's kind of hanging on now I think he's a really good coach until he's not and I feel like he's not in some of the most important situations so where's the Cowboys probably top three or four teams in the entire NFL regardless of conference just on paper with the amount of talent they have and then they have some really impressive wins as well I just don't I just don't even see them winning more than one playoff game this year. Like, I really don't. Like, I think they are so, so good and talented. It's just like the Cowboys do Cowboys things. Like, you know, like <laughs> it's just it's just like the opposite. Like the Patriots all those years. Like when the Patriots shouldn't be winning, they win. When the Cowboys shouldn't be losing, they lose. Like it's just like it's just like a part of like the thing. Like, and it's just so that is like, yeah, that's that's my uh
0: I like that. I really the Cowboys are like very interesting because I feel like they're always they're always in the media scope. They're always under the microscope. Yes, and Jerry Jones have, will make sure of that. Yeah, <laughs> you have Dak Prescott who comes off of the uh, probably the worst in like besides Paul George or uh, some other guys that I don't want to relive those memories. But those injuries are just horray. What he's done this year after that kind of injury is just fantastic. The team that they built. Parsons is a guy that's going to be unstoppable for years to come. I, I saw your video. Fantastic job on that, by the way. It's You guys got to really check this stuff out. If you guys are film junkies and you guys want to know the ends of the game, this guy's got it. He's got the all-22. He's got uh, This is your advertisement here, man. I got the whole section for you. But uh the Cowboys are just strange. They're always up and down. They're always – you never – what you usually expect with them, they do the opposite, which is what you pretty much said. It's just like, oh, what do I do with them? So games that they should win, you're like – on the edge of your seat and games that they're supposed to lose, they kind of play up to that level. And you're like, Oh, okay, I can see this Cowboys team potentially competing for a Super Bowl. And then next week they're playing the Saints who have Taysom Hill. And you're like, Oh, oh man. Yeah. You yeah. kind of just get let it's like a letdown. You're like, oh man. But I I can completely agree with that. I can totally uh I can see that in my I don't even know why I didn't think of Dallas. Maybe just because I'm such a Dak guy, maybe it just like never yeah. crossed my mind. To just no and I, I am
1: too like i was yeah. the one defending him like uh because like early on like in seasons everyone's like getting on Dak for just like kind of stat padding and just like getting all these yards and you kind of watch the games it's like they were so adamant about having Zeke run the ball behind a beat up offensive line where they just kind of like get in themselves into huge holes and Dak was able to claw and grind his way back in. I think he's one of the like if we're looking at quarterbacks I don't want to he's he's definitely a top 10 quarterback in my Oh, eyes. for sure yeah top, top three or five leaders of like a team like that dude is incredible. I mean, I don't know if you watch like hard knocks or anything going on, but like, yeah. or just like watching interviews with them, obviously just like looking more into the Cowboys. And that's what's fun as a Lions fan. I haven't made a single Lions video this entire year. So I really get to dive into like deep into like <laughs> some other franchises. And I fell in love with Dak, but he's just, he's just, I don't, I don't even know. I mean, if they can go back to some of the success they had, in their rookie in his rookie season, him and Zeke's when they went 13 and three, heavily relied on the run, a lot of play action. But now on this play action, they have so much better weapons than they did in that year that I think it could be huge if they take like more of like that West Coast style offense of running the inside outside zones mm-hmm. with Tony Pollard and Zeke, hitting like the tight ends. But now they have these guys where if they do find themselves in holes, they've shown that they can claw themselves back in game, score quickly, be an explosive offense. But on the flip side, it seems like they kind of lean on that a lot and that actually ends up losing them games.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be a very interesting finish. Well, Jackson, do you have anything to say before we take off? This has been just a blast. I've had so much fun doing this. You're definitely going to have to be someone that comes back on come playoff time.
1: Oh, I would absolutely come on. I mean, just like talking football, it's what I love to do. And obviously, I mean, I had no idea what you were going to say coming into this. You obviously know what you're talking about because you agreed (laughs) with most of the stuff I said. But no, it's, it's, it's been a ton of fun. I really don't have anything else to add. I think we kind of hit on like the Monday night football game with the Rams yeah. there. And then you talked about the Cardinals more in depth. Um, but yeah, no, I, I appreciate not having any lion slander. That is something I'm not used to. <laughs> Every podcast I go on, I just get clowned for like 20 minutes. The fact that you even respect them and what they're doing. It's just, I'm absolutely coming on. I'll have to I have you on my it. channel very very sure. soon. we're gonna have to break break some stuff down
0: yeah man all right guys this was episode 62 of the man with the plan podcast we are on apple mute apple Podcasts, spotify google podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, guys check out jackson's channel will be in the description below go subscribe go show him some love tell him that the man with the plan podcast sent you tell him that gray man sent you show this guy some love guys you stay safe have a great week and as always take care